they're dancing around the fact that this coming generation of workers are focused on this mass exodus from the way that it was done. We have leadership right now, but I've always called it. It's, it's like, you know, the, the 60 year old white guys running these places. And so you have these 60 year old, 50 year old white guys who are running and saying, this is how it is. This is how it's always been. Granddaddy had a Cadillac. Daddy had a Cadillac. This is how it's working. And, you know, ironically enough, before we were recording, we were having a pretty heated discussion, even about men's fashion. And that and you they're were wrong. Are... <laughs> I'll say I was outvoted. Yeah. Wrong. Doesn't mean that I'm wrong. It doesn't mean that wrong. I'm not the prognosticator. Right. right. Um, wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no accounting for taste. On this episode of Resi Week, we talk Amazon's return to the office. Harmon buys Rune and NYC controlled. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. This is Resi Week, episode 408, Riches in Niches. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by two of my good friends. First, we have Avi Rosenthal. He is a partner at Blue Sav. How you doing, Avi? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me on this week. Looking forward to our conversation. It's going to be fantastic because we also have Richard Fergosa. He is the principal of Fergosa Design. How you doing, Uncle Richie? I'm doing good. Mellow West Coast greetings. I'm glad I was able to jump in and spend some time with you guys. We're going to get through like a story and a half today. Probably. <laughs> if we get it. a story. It's, it's, it, it, it is, is the yeah. AV version of a Seinfeld show. It's a show about nothing. It's a show about nothing. Um, no, it's about everything, everything and nothing at all. All right. Uh, we are going to start off with a story that comes to us from The Verge. Amazon's CEO has reportedly told remote employees it's probably not going to work out. Uh, there was also an article in Fortune, but it's behind a paywall, uh, which is why we're, we're tagging back to this one, uh, where one of their executives uh, essentially said that it is time for employees to suck it up, disagree, and get back to the office. Um, Avi, let me let me start with you on this. Obviously, this is talking about Amazon, but it is a sentiment that is growing considerably uh, even since this original article came out in in August. Obviously, it was just rehashed by the Fortune article later today or earlier earlier today. Um, but there has been a lot of push for people to get back to work. We as an industry have spent a lot of time pushing work from home and how we can support it. When we hear this kind of noise coming out about this from major companies, does that kill that vertical for us? How does that change our approach? So it's very interesting. Um, uh, most of you may realize I live in Northern Virginia. So a lot of my neighbors and, and uh, fellow workers here uh, are all federal employees, right? Number one employer in uh, the state of Virginia is the federal government. And, you know, what we've seen since the pandemic is what used to be the like number one worst traffic in the entire country was the DC Beltway. And now there are certain days us locals have figured out when to go and when not because the feds have not required everybody to go back to work. So although mm -hmm. big industry, and there's a lot of defense industry around here and they've sort of required it. And so the traffic has been building. The federal government is still on the idea of, hey, you know, two, three, maybe days a week and you can come in. So uh, as much as corporate America is talking about this and as much as corporate America is sort of pushing the idea of back to office, 
I'm not so sure that it's going to be back to office, you know, 45 hours a week, punch that clock, sit at your desk the entire time. I think what the pandemic did show us and what our industry really proved, because we were the technology behind all of this, is that it's entirely possible to have the meetings the same way you are sitting in Canada right now and Rich is sitting in California mm -hmm. and I'm sitting in Virginia and we are recording a podcast. Um, the technology exists to do that and we'll continue to do it. That's not to say that the idea of collaboration is dead. That's to say that there are various ways of skinning the cat, right? There are various ways of getting it done. And I think that our industry needs to embrace them all. Even if you're not working from home full time, you are still going to be doing a chunk of your work from home. And so we have to embrace it. But this is the other opportunity. People have become very accustomed to the technology that they have at home. And now they're going to want that same technology in their offices. Who better to do it than us? We know it. We installed it. We support it. We've revolutionized it. We're the ones who kept everybody going during the pandemic. The opportunity for the integrator now is to get into all of these offices and do the acoustic treatments and do the video cams and do the boardrooms and do all of the services that we've been doing at a residential level, at a commercial level, and really flip the script. Finally have the opportunity to drive what we've done in a home into an office rather than what's always been the opposite, right? The technology's always been great in the office and then we drove it, sort of wedged it into the home. Now we get to do the opposite. So I think this is a great opportunity for the integrators. They just have to recognize it. I, I love that take. Richie, there's obviously, there, there's two competitors to that take. And again, Avi, I'm in favor of this. Don't misunderstand. But the two competitors are the corporation's IT department and the commercial integrators who, if they've got contracts or they're foot in the door with any of these mid to large size companies, they don't want to give it up or give up even a personal office equipment setup to a local residential integrator. Is there an opportunity there to get past the home and into the office without really having to fight your way in? I, uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we didn't even plan this. This was great. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, it's kind of, you're, you kind of have to pull back even farther than that than to make it kind of what are resi guys going to do to make a buck? What are commercial guys or education guys or government guys going to do to keep that buck from leaving their hand? First and foremost, we're, we're, and Amazon is being really good about it. They're dancing around the fact that this coming generation of workers are focused on this mass exodus from the way that it was done. And, you know, Ironically enough, before we were recording, we were having a pretty heated discussion, even about men's fashion, and that and you there were are... wrong. <laughs> I'll say I was outvoted. Yeah, wrong. doesn't mean that I'm wrong. wrong. It doesn't mean that wrong. I'm not the prognosticator, right? Right. Uh, wrong. <laughs> but but it was the we have leadership right now, but I've always called it. It's, it's like you know the the sixty year old white guys running these places. Yeah. And so you have these 60-year-old, 50-year-old white guys who are running and saying, this is how it is. This is how it's always been. Granddaddy had a Cadillac. Daddy had a Cadillac. This is how it's working. And with the pandemic, what it caused wasn't the work from home 
as a viability, it caused employees to go, I can work for anybody. I don't have to worry about, oh my gosh, if I don't get this job from this company 10 miles from me, now I've got to worry about a two-hour commute. They now are able to go, no, I have options many other places if I have a marketable skill. Because if I have a marketable skill, these companies are going to come after me. And that is a huge, huge transitional shift in terms of how workers are viewing their work. Uh, you know, again, we, we know my wife's in education. She's in, in career technical education and entrepreneurship. She, th that's what they focus on. That's what they are saying is, you know, again, the four-year track for college, which was, again, this is, these are the people we're talking about, right? Go to school, mm -hmm. get good grades. Get a four-year degree. If you want to be in management, you get, you know, your master's degree. If you really want to go ahead and really get ahead and be respected and get all the stuff that comes with it, get your PhD, right? That 12-year school period, right? Or, you know, study and, and go for the bar or, or get your MD or all of these things, right? Invest all this money. Invest all of this time. Put yourself in hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. And at the end of it, if you pay your dues, you get the pot of gold of the rainbow. Look at all the trends of the news right now of graduating college seniors. There's no money. There, there's, there's not the job. That promise is not being fulfilled. And they're coming in three, four, five hundred thousand dollars in debt. What's happening now is with the workers coming in, they're saying, look, I'm valuable. I am the commodity, right? You know, we used to talk about the smart homes, which used to be, why did Amazon sell it to you for so cheap? Because you're, you're the commodity, right? right? You're the currency, employees are no longer willing to be currency. And so the reason why they're digging in so much and the reason why there's such a, 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 a log jam at the top level of the C-level suite is they're saying, we can't, we can't bully them anymore. So they have to come at them with honey. So I see from a commercial standpoint saying, tell you what, you know, desk reservations, right? Because, because these companies as well are saying, well, we're not gonna, you know, San Francisco is a perfect example. Right. You know, there, there is all of the these unused spaces right now. So for a commercial integrator, the ability to start putting in desk reservation systems, the ability to start doing, you know, sharing location management, all of these things that are technologically available that they're not offering. You, you've got to be willing as a company to move with it. Now, from the resi side, to be able to support it is to say, hey, look, when you're coming back and you get set up, you want to, you know, you want to, you want the, the video bar, you want a high quality auto framing camera, you want to do all of these things, you keep that same conversation going. But again, it's, as I've always said, when, when you're in the AV industry, you're not competing with other AV people, you're competing with the other industries, you're competing with the desk manufacturers, mm -hmm. you're competing with um, uh, you know, everything else that goes along in those spaces with the artwork that they decide to use in there, or the sculpture company that they want, or, yeah. you know, yeah, you're always dealing with the other options. Right? Resi's the same thing. You're, yeah. you're fighting with the tapestries, the wall coverings, right. um, you know, countertops, the, countertops yeah. all of those things. And so after 40 years of doing this, I, I keep hoping we're going to stop thinking that we're against each other. It's you got to find ways to make your 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 riches in those niches again. And a big part of, you know, kind of the circle, where does this all come back to? Recognizing that the next generation of business leaders and business workers 
have this memory of how it was. And it worked. You know, there's instances where it didn't, but that's because you went from zero to one, 100 in a, in a 90 day period. Mm-hmm. But, but everything's kind of flattened out. It is stable. And, and Rich, you bring up a good point is that the, the idea of the integrator going after the commercial has nothing to do with the commercial integrator that's there now. It has everything to do with the business contacts that they've made. We've yeah. touched so many more houses over the last three years. We now need to dig into those networks. Every house that you touch is a potential worker, manager, IT provider, somebody who works in a big office who now knows what you as the integrator are capable of doing in their own home and how that translates. We used to do the reverse all the time, right? We used to do the, hey, you did my dentist's office. Can you do this for my home? You need to flip that script. You need to dig into these networks and dig into all of these people's homes that you visited and now say, hey, you enjoy the great frame web camera that we put up? Do you like the acoustic treatments? Do you like the the comfortable experience of doing the Zoom from your home? Well, we can mimic that in your office and things like desk reservations and place sharing and acoustical treatments so you're not bothering the guy next to you who's also doing the same thing you're doing. All of these technologies have improved such a great deal in the last five years that now if you apply them to a commercial environment, my wife sells commercial interiors for the federal government. She works for the DOJ and, and does it for the feds. Everything is about place sharing now. Nobody's mm-hmm. in the office full anymore. It's, she works with a number of the executive branch offices. They used to have buildings that had, you know, four, five, six hundred people on a floor. Now they have two or three hundred on a floor, but in the same space. And so mm-hmm. now there's this idea of people coming in and sharing the space. You may have... 3,000 people working on this floor, but never at the same time. And so you have these shared spaces and you have, and I've met with the guys because I tag along with her every once in a while because she goes to some pretty cool places. Um, I've tagged along and the guys that are doing these installations are not your traditional commercial AV companies anymore. These are companies that understand the concept of close workspaces, shared workspaces. It's a little bit of a different thinking than it was before, privacy. It's a big deal. But privacy is not just about you can't see my stuff. Privacy is also about I'm having a conversation and the guy next to me is having a conversation. I don't want to hear his conversation. He can't hear my conversation. Mm-hmm. So now we're having you know two different conversations in the same space. We share that space without over-talking one another. So I think that the yeah. opportunity is there for the integrator. They just have to recognize it. Yeah, that's a really good point. Hi, this is Jennifer Goodyear. And Erica Carroll. From From the the Women Women in AV AV podcast, podcast. where we are encouraged by the incredible stories of women in AV. Listen in on fun, empowering conversations as we chat with inspiring women, breaking barriers and creating their own path in the industry. Check out Women in AV on avnation.tv or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's change topics for a second. This comes to us from Sound and Vision. Uh, Harmon acquires Rune. Uh, If you don't well, everyone knows Harmon, but if you don't know Rune, uh, they are a, uh, gosh, a streaming platform system, hardware, jazz, the whole kind of thing for uh, for music, um, but had been a very popular kind of niche product out there. Uh, and as we said, Harmon has acquired them, uh, which includes their entire uh, ecosystem, uh, where they collaborate with 160 audio brands, 
uh, delivering music to over uh, a thousand high-performance devices. Uh, so this is very interesting news um, coupled with the origin and Weem. Is that how you say that? Wim, 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 whatever. Wim? Oh. Um, I don't know. That's why I had you guys here. Richie, <laughs> one, this is this is very interesting news. And I, I say that in the sense of, to me, it's a it's an interesting acquisition. Um, what are your expectations for this? Well, I mean, they're going to get more, more exposure than they've had. I mean, I've, I've worked with Rune for close to a decade because dealing with Meridian um, and mm -hmm. when Meridian first came through with high quality audio and, and how are you going to do 9624 or any bit rates above and a gorgeous interface, by the way, we, we, uh, we had a project um, that uh, as Kaleidoscape was getting out of the music management uh, business, we kind of had this gaping hole um, for uh, being able to um, kind of, you know, allocate and, and catalog and, 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 keep large collections together and how do you do it? It's like all of a sudden if you got like these $80,000 speakers, you know, you're not going to sit there with your remote control. How do you get to it? So, you know, Rune and Nucleus and all of the interfaces that they've had, but they've always been on the tweaky side. It, it's never been a matter of the quality of their product. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, it has always been, you know, if you, if you, if you were buying, you know, 10 years ago, if you were buying high quality uh, audio files, you know, that was one, that was the go-to system you were paying it, playing it on. You know, you weren't yeah. playing it on computers with DAX, but they, they always got lost in the shuffle. I don't know if it was maybe because they they were kind of viewed as this kind of this British company that was just selling these tweaky um, devices that, that were out there. Anybody who's a user room system has never said it doesn't work. They've never said it sounds bad. They just have never heard of it. And that was that was the biggest issue coming forward. Now, with Harman coming in and Harman being part of Samsung, Depends on how Samsung looks at it. I kind of view it as if Harman grabbed it, they may offer it up to the big brother and say, look at this pretty thing we got. Mm -hmm. And somebody in Samsung may go, oh, Ooh. look at that. Yeah. Right? Um, I view it more as a positioning thing that it, it couldn't, it, it, Harman might be the middle layer to something catching hold where if Samsung makes a decision on, because they bought Harman for what? Their car audio. Car audio. Oh, imagine that, <laughs> right? You know, kind of further thinking out, if all of a sudden you now place that in millions of units stock, you've completely shifted the conversation. Um, so I think it's great. I, I, you know, it can't, unless they manage it into the dirt, <laughs> you know, it, it, which is a possibility, but totally let's hope they don't. Right. Um, mm -hmm. There has been examples of kind of, boutique streaming companies being bought by larger organizations and completely just cratered it uh, to the point where little companies bought themselves back that said, we don't like this. Um, you know, so, you know, I, it, it is, uh, it's, it is promising for Rune. I think it is a way for people to get exposed to higher quality audio playback that they haven't before. And, you know, mm -hmm. yes, it might be potentially, an acquisition based on other industry news that we, we've been hearing about manufacturers more tightly aligning themselves with streaming technology. You know, I mean, yeah. we, we we're you know, the, the days of listening to an album end to end, the fact that even my kid doesn't even know what an album means, <laughs> um, you know, are, are 
you know, we talked about this, gosh, 15 years ago, that the single serving way of acquiring music, it, it's taken hold now. It, it's absolutely taken hold. People ingest what they want when they want it. Now, if you have a service built into your product that allows you to play it back at a higher quality level than you've heard before, yeah, it's not a bad acquisition. You realize you could just teach yeah. him what an album is, right? Uh, if nothing else, he's at <laughs> least hooked hook, line, and sinker with Yacht Rock. So he knows every single thing that comes up on Yacht Rock. So I started there. I've laid the seeds. Terrible. All right, Avi. Um, with, with Rune, is, is this a bigger or, or a more important story because you now have Harmon, hopefully, with the opportunity to push a phenomenal, high-quality audio solution out there, right? Origin is is making a lot of noise right now with Wim or Weem or whatever it is. Um, Joe, tell me how to pronounce that properly. Yeah, please, Joe. Right for the love of God, Joe, help out for once. Um, <laughs> they're making a big push with that, right? But if we could get Harmon, obviously having bought in, unless they just kind of shelve this the way they have been known to do in the past with a couple of things. Yeah, but no, I I think this is part of a larger trend. I mean, I think the idea here is that you've got Sonos fatigue out there. And this is the answer to Sonos fatigue. This is the, hey, you've all heard the tweaky little, you know, songs. You've all heard what lossless quote unquote sounds like you know let's get back to reality let's get back to listening environments and actually hearing what the artist intended to be done um mm -hmm. i'm i'm i am miserable when i hear stories about how artists have affected the way that they're writing songs just to make sure that the streaming services will play them you know you yeah. got to have your hook within a certain number of bars and you got to do this and you got to do that and and to me that's that's destroying the creativity the freeness of music in the fact that they now have to write to the way it gets streamed so for me i'm hoping that some of these services and things are going to to dispel some of that right are going to help the artists be able to develop what they want to develop in the way that they want to develop it um but i also think that it has to do with the idea that the consumers want the better sound they want the better environment they want the better listening I think it's interesting that this was announced as a Harman acquisition and not as a Samsung acquisition, mm -hmm. right? They could have phrased this any way they wanted. Obviously, Harman is is somewhat standalone, but not, you know, they're, they're a wholly owned subsidiary. This was specifically targeted as an audio file acquisition, right? So Harman is their audio division, and that's who acquired this. How that sort of bubbles up into other devices and services and divisions within Samsung, I think is yet to have been seen. But like Rich said, I'm very interested to see if I end up with a Rune player, right, in my Samsung high-end quantum dot television, which certainly mm -hmm. has the mechanism to play back the high-end audio streams. But do you know? does it get translated all the way up there? In the interim, until all of that comes to fruition, I think that it's a great idea that they're recognizing the fact that the consumers want better audio. I mean, the the guys are going to laugh because it's going to show my age a little bit, but the 
the favorite the favorite consumer electronics device that I ever brought home of my entire family was my Eschen Fireball. And it was because yeah. of the user interface. It was because everybody could have their own playlist. It was I was on the original integration team for the Fireball. I was Tom flew me out and the whole crew and we had a whole group of I, they ran forever. I had those and I had the DVD version. Oh, I still, yeah, I still have one that runs, but sh- don't tell it because it's still cooking along and I'm afraid like knock on wood or something, but, <laughs> um, but it still does its thing. But I think that the, the, the true streaming version of that, the, the, you know, the younger brother of that or the younger sibling of that is what these players are all about. And I think that as more people recognize the fact that they want the better audio, they want it personalized. I mean, Spotify just came out with all of their lists last week about, you know, where you should live based on your music tastes. Come on. All that means is that they're swiping all of my data. And all of a sudden, I'm okay with that? What? No. All right. Okay. So put that aside. Rune does it in a much better way. It pulls from different sources. It gives you better playback. I think Wim or Weem or however you say that. Uh, the reason why Origin's doing that is because they recognize the Sonos fatigue out there as well. And they're trying to give the integrators more options and better better choices when it comes to selling audio to their end users, to their consumers. Um, and yeah. so I'm, I'm very interested to see what Harman does with it too. I hope they don't kill it because it would be really depressing if they did, but you know, they've got a lot of, uh, a lot of potential. They have a lot of opportunity. All right. Let's, let's hit one last story real quick before we go. Uh, this comes to us from CE pro an inaugural lighting control trade show opens to great success in New York. Uh, called ny uh controlled or nyc controlled um however you want to say that uh they brought together 800 <laughs> lighting designers distributors educators and engineers contractors etc in a massive education slash networking trade show for lighting controls um go read through the article it, it, it's very interesting um but avi i want to the concept of this is awesome to me uh, especially the fact yeah. that it's getting press in CE Pro. So what I wanted to ask you was, with with events like this and, and similar things in other verticals, do we as kind of the the Cedia ish group of of industry people, do we need to be more aware of these events and attend these events to get a better understanding of what these verticals? And how they operate outside of our industry are functioning, how, how, they're, how they're working. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think a, a, the prime example of this is if you look at the CES show, you will notice that over the last five, six years now, what has gone on is a complete rebranding of that experience. And I'm going to call it an experience mm-hmm. on purpose from a niche consumer electronics presentation to a broad caliber, a broad range of technologies, healthcare, motor, automotive, all kinds of different things all into one roof. My first question to you is, why wasn't Cedia part of NYC control or NY control, right? Mm -hmm. Why wasn't Cedia standing in a booth or giving a seminar all about finding the right people to do the right installation for you at this event. Why weren't we as an industry part of the educational process of these lighting designers? I have heard for years from CDA professionals and CE Pro professionals and integrators, we need to educate two important groups. 
the first one of the architects and lighting designers, and the second one of the realtors. Why don't we go to these trade events? Why are none of us yeah. there? This is a prime opportunity. There was talk quite a while ago about the idea of CEUs or, or continuing education credits for lighting designers that were written specifically by CD and other organizations. What happened to it? Where did it go? So I think that the idea here is very important. It's almost as if this group, it's taken them 20 years, but the lighting designers are finally sitting back and going, oh, wait, there's this whole control lighting thing going on. Maybe we should all get together and talk about it. Like, seriously? We've been talking about this for 30 years. So as much, and, and look, here's a better one for you. How did you find out about NY Control? I read about this it stinking article. Magazine. Yeah. Yeah. How is that possible? How did Tell the me about three it. of us who are well-known in the lighting control industry, been doing mm -hmm. it for decades, how did the three of us not know that this very important event was going on in New York City with 800 of the people that we want to talk to? How is it possible that we read about it in CE Pro Magazine and didn't know about it before? That I would have loved to go to this. To <laughs> right, well, that, and would have had I known. Right. Well, that's just it. I would have hopped the train and been up there for the day also. That, to me, was was the most important part. Yeah. No, that's that's 100% valid. Richie, summarize this shortly for me, if you can. On one hand, I look at this and go, we should be at events like this to understand how... Um, kind of the, the native industries view lighting control using this as an example. And then on the other hand, I look at it and go, we should be at this event or events like this to explain to all of these native industry professionals, how lighting control should work. I, I, I do think that there's a balance there, but I wonder which side needs to learn more from the other. Honestly, it's just a venue for them to get together. I mean, for any company who's been in the integration business or the consulting or design business, at one point or another, you've all gone the road of, down the road of the lunch and learn, right? Or at least you've considered it, right? Mm -hmm. How many companies are like, okay, we're going to do a lunch and learn and we're going to target five architects or these lighting designers and we're going to go to their offices and dot, 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 right? That, that's mm -hmm. outreach. You know, the, the, the biggest thing is like you can't get work if nobody knows where you are or who you are. Right. Case in yeah. point, this. Right. So this was a, a, a fish in a barrel situation. We've got 800 potential people that if you get along with two or three of them, just walking around talking about lighting. Right. Hey, oh, I saw you on this project with we had the same client over here on on the Upper West Side. I didn't know that was you. Oh, yeah, that was you. Great. You know. It, it, and again, like anything else, I view this as, OK, well, this is New York. You have five million people right in that area. You know, that's going to be a concentration of it. 10 million people, right? You've got a concentration of people. You go, okay, well, out of that, here's the list of everybody's in there. There's work available. You know, Lightapalooza is one way of being able to bring everybody together into an area, but that still doesn't deal with your regional issue. Yeah. You're going to work with people in your area, it, with few exceptions. So if this becomes a way to work with the industry and see how can it work in a region? How can it work in Chicago, in San Francisco, in Miami, in Houston? How can this work its way out? You know, again, 
maybe you partner with someone and say, hey, by the way, do you see what happened to New York? How many lighting designers do you have out here? Right? And it can mm-hmm. work. It, it's, and yeah, so again, I'm shocked that CDA wasn't there. <laughs> I got right. like that, 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 that one's, yeah. that one's got me a little bit. The fact that again, yeah, didn't know about, I know more about Light of Palooza than I know about this. Yeah. And Lattapalooza is kind of more or less an industry event. And this is like, hey, we're getting you to, to people who can help you sell stuff. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, I again, a, 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 as an integrator, if you're smart, you either make it to these, you start finding out, or you find ways to be able to pass that information and say, by the way, because if it's going to go a lot better with your regional chapter of ASID or, or, or interior designers or lighting designers to say, by the way, New York did it. That, have you ever considered that? Right. They're going to put a lot more validity and credibility on that, that their industry did it, as opposed to us trying to sell them stuff. Because that's where they're always coming. Oh, here you go. Here come the AV guys trying to sell me stuff again. Or, or tell me my job. And what's interesting uh, as we wrap this is the big industry names you'd expect to be there, they were there. Just they didn't tell any yeah. of us about it, which is interesting all right let's leave it there thank you both so much for joining us richie if people want to connect with you learn more about fergosa design where can they do that you can uh find me on the winter web so you can type in my name uh, but if you want to find me on the socials at our fergosa if you want to find out more about the company fergosadesign.com but first and foremost i hope you find me here on avnation.tv and our suite of shows serving all of our ver- verticals specifically uh, our show on the state of the automation industry, a state of control with my good partner, Steve Greenblatt. So, oh, and most importantly, help our sponsors out. Yeah, you, you, you help a sponsor, you help Uncle Richie. There you go. You're getting help from this. Avi, if people want to connect with you, learn more about BlueSov, where can they do that? So certainly the best place is on our website, www.bluesav.com. Uh, but, you know, you can find me on threads. You can find me on the Facebook, on, uh, you know, all of the other social media places, uh, but, you know, uh, like Rich said, it's very important that we all get together and sponsor each other. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. The uh, the CES is coming up. And I know we didn't cover it on this show, but, man, no, no, no. I'm excited. There's a lot of it, a lot of excitement going on at CES this year for the integration community. You should all check it out. Be awesome to see. All right. Thank you again for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Matt D. Scott uh, and most other social platforms. But more importantly, please visit avionation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation.